All right, Acts chapter 1, and we'll read verses 10 through 14. Acts chapter 1, beginning of verse 10 says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up for you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from the Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. In verse 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Let's pray again. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And uh, Lord, I'm just uh, so glad that, Lord, uh, you uh, love us. And Lord, you're just there for us daily. Lord, you abideth uh, faithful. And we thank you for that, God, that we can rest in your faithfulness no matter what's going on in our life. And uh, Lord, you know the needs tonight. Lord, we think of uh, Sonny. We think of uh, Sister Meredith. We think of <laughs> Sister Barnett and Sister Muxlow and others with Sister Carpenter and others with physical needs. Dear God, your hand of grace upon them. Lord, we think of uh, Priscilla as she's going to uh, be traveling and uh, Sister Judy as she's traveling as well. Uh, dear God, just watch over them and keep them safe. Uh, Lord, we pray about uh, Elise there in China. Uh, God, just uh, watch over her and protect her and give her wisdom about decisions that need uh, to be made there. Lord, we think of Mike and Deborah tonight as well. We think of Don and uh, things going on in his life. Dear God, that you'd work there. Lord, we think of Michael, uh, God, where he is, and thank you for the good report we got there. And Lord, just continue to watch over him and work in his life and draw him unto thyself. So God, we pray uh, for the spiritual, the physical. Lord, maybe those even with uh, financial needs tonight or uh, need guidance concerning employment and things. God, you get, just give guidance and direction there. And then Lord, as we look at this thought tonight, help us as a local church, God, to be what you'd have us to be, that in everything you'd have the preeminence, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, just an update on uh, Michael, Brother Wood's uh, brother. Of course, you know, uh, Brother Adam and I took him down to the men's home uh, there in St. Stephen's with Brother Kronz last uh, Thursday. And so I called Brother uh, Kronz on Monday just to get an initial update and how he was starting after a few days. And Brother Kronz gave him a really good report. He said, you know, the first day he was kind of quiet. But he's opened up, and he's, he's listening, and he's engaging when we have Bible study and everything, and he gave a real good report. So, you know, a lot of times those first 72 hours can be tough on somebody in that situation. So we were really glad. So just uh, uh, pray. We want to see him get saved and uh, that he'll stay down there again. It's a 90-day program at first, and then if they do good in that, then uh, if they stay for the year program, they can actually get their own place, and he helps them get a job and things. So a lot of uh, potential... A lot of potential there, and his home holds up to 16 uh, men. I think he's got at least six right now, and just the Lord's really blessed him there, so we thank God for that good report. And so tonight, uh, as we look at these verses, of course, we read uh, some of these the other day, but uh, of course, we read about the Lord's ascension into heaven, and then, of course, his disciples returning to Jerusalem there. Then we see again that they met in the upper room to pray, and again, the Bible says that they continued with one accord in prayer. 
So we'll talk a little bit about the New Testament church. Here we find uh, the church, right? When you study, we know, we, we know that the church met for church, right? <laughs> the church met for church and to worship and, and for the preaching, but they met uh, sometimes for other things too. And another reason they met was for prayer meeting, prayer meeting. And, uh, you know, most churches, when they do get together, they meet, still have the, the preaching time, but uh, we don't seem to emphasize the prayer time. A lot of times we call Wednesday night the prayer meeting. And so I want to look at uh, how uh, prayer, again, was emphasized. We, a lot of times we emphasize it for the individual, but for the church, a necessary meeting, the prayer meeting. And so, again, uh, we, we know we, we're supposed to praise individuals, but that's also important as a church. Of course, we talked about prayer some last week when we finished up the book of uh, James, right? We saw the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, and we looked at the individual and maybe even some of the men coming uh, or people coming together to pray for somebody specifically. But I want to look at the church in, in prayer tonight. We even uh, mentioned uh, recently about being in one accord. We talked about that the other day. And so we emphasized individual prayer, but the local church, the body of believers, should be known as a praying group. We should be known as a church that prays. We should be known as a church that can get a hold of God. We should be known a church that, if you want to say it this way, has God's, has God's ear. Amen? A church, I, I, I thought about this. You know, some of the things a church should be known for, well, usually we think, well, a church should be known for its preaching, right? But a church, and what it believes, but a church should also be known for its praying. So I thought about this way, a church should be known for its praying, uh, its preaching, and its personality, amen? And so you got to smile, everyone smile, right? And because uh, that's usually uh, what people uh, look for. People look for the preaching and personality, but hey, uh, uh, we should want to be known for our praying too. So we just read here how the Lord ascended after his resurrection, well, 40 days later, and one thing he said to them before he ascended can be found in Luke. Of course, you know, at the end of each gospel, we see some a uh, little bit more on what Jesus said before he ascended. And it says this in Luke 24, 49, the Lord said to them before he ascended. He said, and behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, Luke 24, 49. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. So they had that promise of the power. Of course, that's talking about the day of Pentecost. So he told them to tarry. But while they were tarrying, they weren't just supposed to be idle, right? Just sitting there, you know, updating their, their uh, Facebook and things like that, right? You know, they were supposed to be busy, busy. And so they were supposed to be continue to engage in things spiritual, and that included church prayer meetings, like we see right here in Acts chapter 1. They're supposed to be engaged, and so we see they're engaged in prayer. So as we look at how the first church prayed, I thought about this today, as we look at how the first church prayed, I got thinking, well, you know, we could be the last church. You know, it's very, very real that uh, uh, we could be the last church. And uh, so we need to realize it's possible that we could be the last church. And I thought, what a great thing it would be if the last church, or this church, right, finished up the way the first church started. <laughs> Amen. To show that, hey, God kept that thing going and that uh, church has stayed the right way the whole time uh, during the church age. And so as we think, look at the first church, we ought to think about, man, we could possibly be the last church. And so they started off right. Well, hey, I want to finish up right. 
Even if it we're not the last church, amen, as long as I'm in the church, I want to finish upright. And, of course, part of that would be, like we see here, them being a church of prayer is us being a church of prayer. So let's think about that as we look at some, some many thoughts concerning the first church and prayer. One thing we realize as we see in this verse, again, verse 14 says, These all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. So we see here that the first church realized its absolute dependence upon God. It's absolute. Now, we know in John 15, what the Lord says, say, without me, you can do nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what that means? Exactly what it says. You know what that means in the originals? Exactly what it says. <laughs> Amen. Nothing. Or as they say in Bulgarian, nishto. I just say nothing and yeah, come here. I don't know. But whatever it is, uh, you can't do nothing. And so uh, not only as an individual, but as a church, we need to realize we're completely dependent upon him. And prayer shows that. That's why we take things to him. Prayer, in prayer, we're showing our dependency upon God. And so we, we know that as an individual, and we should know that as a church. So the church met together, not just to preach or teach, but also to pray. And they needed to know what to do as they came together and prayed and, de and declaring, right, through their action, their total dependence upon God and waited for the Lord to answer. So notice what it says again in verse 14. These, right, continued with one accord in prayer. These, that's the church. Right? Group prayer, unified prayer. And I think they I think they I think they prayed out loud. Now a lot of times we don't often pray out loud. We don't have the whole church uh, pray together. Usually we call on somebody, the other people pray in silence, but I think a lot of times uh, you know they might have all, all prayed together. We see that in some places where they all prayed together and they all prayed out loud. You know, I've been in uh, uh, prayer meetings like that. I, I, I sort of I sort of like it. I remember one time we were doing that in, Bo in, in Bulgaria when we prayed together. We'd all pray out loud, and we had a, we had a guy visiting. I don't know what his what, what kind of church he came from. I mean, it was, I knew it was Independent Baptist, but whatever. I guess he'd never seen that. He said, "Man, that's Pentecostal." I said, "Well, they probably did it on the day of Pentecost, so you know, I don't know, you know." But uh, huh? But hey, they got down and prayed, and they got on with it, amen. But, but anyways, they prayed, and notice again, it says, with the women. I was joking about that the other day, joking about uh, being able to be in one accord with women. But it says here, they prayed. That's the emphasis. So I want to clearly say, of course, I don't believe in uh, women preachers. And, uh, of course, everybody ought to say amen about that. But I also want to clearly say, I do believe in women prayers. Right? Hey, I don't believe in women preachers, but I do believe in women prayers. And by that, I mean their ability to pray and seek God. And I want to say I know some wonderful, godly women whose prayers I trust. Amen? And I'm glad we have a, 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 a godly woman in this church that know how to pray. And so uh, uh, I think, and to me personally, I, the greatest ministry I think a person can have is a ministry of prayer. A ministry of prayer. So I'm glad it emphasized that the women were in that prayer meeting. Amen. And they were all getting a hold of God together. Because I think, you know, sometimes women are, uh, uh, you know, preachers because they you know, say, well, women aren't supposed to be. They downplay 
uh, uh, women, like women can't do anything in church. Oh, no, they're a vital part of the ministry, and we shouldn't be able to talk about it where the Bible talks about it. And the women, they said the women were in on this uh, prayer meeting, and thank God, amen. Boy, uh, I, I, I've been in, in meetings where, hey, uh, uh, I see a couple women back there praying, and uh, God uh, move in. Uh, uh, to a service. They were praying for the preacher. Amen. It was the man doing the preaching, but the women were doing the praying and God moved in on the service. So thank God for that. So the disciples seemed to understand even before this, even when they, those three years or three and a half years that they were walking with Jesus, they seemed to understand early on that there was something to prayer and that it was a necessary part of our walk with God. In Luke 11, verse 1, it says this. Luke 11, verse 1, it says this. And it came to pass, now talking about Jesus, as he was praying, Jesus, in a certain place. You know, it's good to have a certain place that you pray. Amen. I hope you got a, I know you can pray anywhere, but maybe uh, you have a place in the morning. Amen. I, my, my routine is I get up in the morning, I make that cup of coffee. Right. I grab that cup of coffee and I sit in my easy chair and uh, that's where I, I start off by listening to hymns and then uh, the word of God and then uh, uh, pray. That's my certain place. Uh, uh, that's my certain place uh, in the morning. It's good to have a certain place that you get along with God. So it says here, Jesus, I was in a certain place. And when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto, said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. I'm glad he wasn't selfish about it. He didn't say, Lord, teach me to pray. I want to be better than them other guys. Amen. He said, teach us. Hey, listen, uh, whatever blessings we want from God, we should want for everybody. You don't have to be selfish with God's blessing. That's why it's so important. If, you're, if you have a need in your life, you should say, Lord, help, help my need. And Lord, others that might have this same need, help them as well. Lord, others that I know that might have this need or even maybe people I don't know. God, you know who else has the same need or maybe struggling with this same thing. Lord, would you help them in that same situation? And when you ask for something from the Lord, like they're asking to learn how to pray. Lord, not just me. Lord, I want everybody. Listen, uh, I'm not, I, I, we don't have to be selfish with God's things, and, but we, we should want everybody to get in on what they can get from God. And so we want everybody, amen, to be a prayer. We want everybody, amen, to know how to get a hold of God. And so he said, Lord, teach us to pray. And notice this, as John also taught his disciples. So a lot of times when we think about discipleship after somebody gets saved, right, uh, 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 we think about, you know, oh, we got to tell about church membership. We got to tell about baptism. We got to tell about soul winning, Bible study. Well, hey, uh, here we see requesting specifically to learn about prayer. And so, listen, we want every, so that's something everybody must learn and everyone needs to participate in. So here we see the first church realized their absolute dependence upon God, and they showed that as a church by praying together. Secondly, uh, we see the church sought, uh, was taught to uh, uh, seek uh, for laborers through prayer, to seek for laborers through prayer. We know these verses, Matthew 9, 37 and 38. And again, uh, let me read those to you, Matthew 9, 37, 38. It says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are, pure, are few. Pray ye. Now he's talking to the group. He's talking to the nucleus of the church right there. 
So you could say, hey, that's a good thought for the church. Therefore, the Lord of the harvest said he will send forth labors into his harvest. Now, a lot of times we just think about that in missions, right? But listen, uh, we need uh, local laborers, right? We need laborers in the church. When we, uh, we, that's why it's so important to pray for our, our, our Sunday school teachers or any position in the church. Pray for laborers. Well, I was thinking about the young people. We need to pray for this upcoming generation that God would raise up laborers, uh, raise up laborers, right? And uh, uh, in this church, we want, when I look at these young people, I say, you know, if the Lord tarries, you know, 10 years from now, I hope these young people are laborers in the local church still. And for that to happen, I believe we need to be praying for them now. Hey, uh, I'm glad my grandparents didn't start praying for me, you know, once I turned 21, you know. Oh, well, now he's old enough to pray for, right? Oh, no. I'm glad they, they prayed for me years uh, uh, before I got saved. I guarantee I didn't get saved until I was 22. I guarantee it took 22 years of praying, amen, to get a hold of, to get a hold of my heart. But that's why it's so important. Hey, we want these young people to be laborers, right? We want Sir Robert, amen, uh, 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 to be on that piano one day or however the Lord wants to use him. Well, we need to be praying for him right now. We need to be praying uh, for Seth uh, right now. We know we need to be praying for Mary Lynn right now. She's mean to Isaiah. We need to pray for her uh, right now, amen? need to be praying for these young people and praying for laborers now. And that's our responsibility as a church group. If we want workers in the church, we need to be praying as a church for laborers. Next, quickly, we see the church came together as one body and in agreement. Prayer will keep us in agreement. As we saw here, they prayed in one accord. Let me give you some other verses. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20. Prayer, amen, will help the church be in one accord. The first church came together as one body in agreement through prayer. Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20 say this. Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, usually we always hear these verses quoted by themselves, right? Yeah, just two or three. But you know, uh, uh, who knows what the verses are talking about right above that? What are the verses talking about right above those two verses? Because we always pull those two verses out by themselves. But what are, they talk, what are they talking about right away? They're talking about church discipline, aren't they? They're talking about they ha if you have a problem in the church, you know, do this and do that. And it's amazing that right after that, he goes right into prayer. Hey, a good way to make sure that uh, maybe uh, there isn't dissension in the church and problems in the church is for the church to be praying together and to be praying for one another. And so, well, again, we usually see these verses by themselves, but again, but in context, it is in line with church discipline. Hey, you want to see that brother get right? You want to see that one get right? Well, we see the importance of even a small group of us praying together for those that have gone astray. Well, we need, we need to keep praying. I just want to say on that thought, it's been good to see uh, uh, Trace in church a couple times recently. Been praying uh, for that a long time. We have others, right, we need to be praying for. We want to see uh, get back into the fold, if you will. Because remember, the devil is a destroyer, but the Lord is a restorer. Amen? <laughs> and so the restorer has more power than the destroyer. And one way, amen, we can exercise the power of the restorer over the destroyer is to be praying for one another in the church, in the church. 
Quickly, the first, the, the first church sought God's protection through prayer. God's protection through prayer. Matthew 26, 40 and 41. Matthew 26, 40 and 41 say this. When he cometh unto his disciples and he findeth them asleep. <laughs> Have you been guilty of that? Lord came by and said, hey, I was wanting that. Well, he, I don't know. I mean, I'll come back later. Huh? Well, I'd hate for the Lord to have to come back later, amen, right? Uh, well, I'll just, leave a, I'll just leave a message for him, right? I'll just, listen, it says this, It findeth them asleep, but he saith unto them, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Think about that. I've mentioned before, one hour sounds like a long time, but boy, if you ever really get into prayer and you really ever get that prayer list, an hour of prayer really isn't that long. Are we guilty of ever sleeping when we should have been Praying. Verse 41 says, watch and pray. Why? That ye enter not into temptation. Prayer, amen. Being a person of prayer, amen, will make you uh, sensitive to God and will still remember the effectual fervent prayer. The, 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 the prayer will keep those winds blowing against that fire in your heart, amen, and keep it what it ought to be. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Boy, we're saying that, man. I've got down to prayer, amen, and woke up on my knees quite a bit later sometimes, you know. <laughs> the spirit's always willing, but protection through prayer. The praying church, the praying church seeks God for his guiding and protecting hand. We must pray for the youth of our church again that God will protect them. Pray for the people. Talk about a lot of times, uh, almost every time, uh, Joseph has a mention about something on his job, right? Pray for people on the job that they will keep their minds clean and have a strong witness for Christ. That's another reason it's good to get up early in, in uh, the morning. I, hopefully I can say that I've prayed for every one of you by name before most of you have gone to work. I've hope that. I know uh, some of you sometimes go uh, uh, early. I guess uh, you know, I usually pray for you somewhere between five and seven. So depending when I, if I get up at five or I get up at, at six, I know Brother Mark gets up, gets, gets up early. So he probably usually doesn't fill it till about seven o'clock. You know, he's, so he's on his own those first two hours, right? You're on your own those first two hours. Amen. See if they can change your time frame there. All right. Because I don't want to have to get up at three just to pray for you, brother. Just joking. Just joking. Amen. But, you know, praying for one another. That's why so and pray for people, pray for people on the job and protection. That's why it's so important that we pray uh, for people and pray for our children as they're going through this age and stage of life and encountering new things. As we mentioned before, they need, they need our prayers. Next, we notice, right, the first uh, church had increased faith and enlarged vision through prayer. That's what prayer will do. Amen. You get a hold of God and God can uh, reveal things to you. And show, Listen, remember, uh, Paul had that vision of them in Macedonia. Listen, uh, God is still, God is still doing, doing things like that. I believe that with all, with all my heart. Acts 4, 23 and 24. Right, this it says this. Remember, uh, they had been uh, put in jail, and then they were up before the magistrates. And it says this in Acts four twenty three and twenty four. And being let go, they went to their own company. I like that. They went to their own company. That's the church. Amen. 
I, you know what? I like being around my own company. Amen. I'm comfortable in my own company. I'm comfortable around you. Amen. I'm good, glad to be here tonight with my own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, look, they lifted up their voice. Again, hey, it uh, doesn't say, you know, whether you, and it's not like that it matters whether one person prays and everybody prays silent or whether everybody uh, prays. It's funny, I, I, I don't get sidetracked here, but I've heard people say when everybody prays together out loud, well, well I, you know, I, I can't understand what anybody's saying. Well, hey, they're talking to God. They're not talking to you. I don't think God is. I mean, we all, you know, I mean, anyways, that's, huh? That's funny. They're talking to God, not you. What are you trying to be nosy about somebody else's prayer? Right. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. There it is again. And said, Lord, thou art God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. That's verse 23 and 24. And then verse 29 says this. Their prayer continues. And then verse 29, it says this. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants. You see, they're all praying together. They're all praying together again. Right. Teach us all to pray. And then they're all praying together. And then, Lord, help all of us with all boldness that we may speak that word, thy word. Lord, listen, I want everybody to know how to pray. I want everybody to know how to witness. I want everybody to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want everyone to have the touch of God upon their life. And that's how they prayed. Again, we don't have to be selfish in the blessings of God. Right. There's enough for everybody. And so we should we should all pray together and pray that we want everybody in the church to get in on what God has. So we see group prayer. They expected. Right. They prayed as a group and they got blessed as a group. That's what we want as a church. Amen. We want to pray as a group and we want to get blessed as a group. Next, the first church faced great trials through prayer. Acts 12, you know the story, right? They killed James and they set forth to kill Peter and they, they put him in jail. And of course, the church went to prayer. The church went to prayer for him. And it says this in verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made, look at this, without ceasing of the church, of the church unto God for him. Again, what a wonderful thing that we can come together and pray for others. And when he had, then verse 12 says, right? Remember the angel came and, and let him out. Boy, that, that was tough because you remember they examined the prisoners and those guys got put to death. That's, I mean, you know, they had nothing to do with it. But anyways, when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. Boy, you ought to think, man, I wonder what got in Mark's heart that he left uh, Paul and Barnabas. But he, I mean, he had a praying mother, Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. A beautiful picture of the church praying behalf on somebody in a great trial. And boy, that's the, when a trial hits or, a, you know, and it, listen, it wasn't the, the, the church itself, even though they were being persecuted, but it was for one of their members. What a great thing, amen, when the church comes together to pray on behalf of individuals, when somebody else has a great need, when somebody else has a great burden, and we can come and seriously seek God on their behalf. And you see uh, what a beautiful picture of that right there in Acts 12. And finally, I'll finish up with this one. The first church sought God for opportunities to get out the gospel through prayer. Colossians 4, 
Colossians 4 says this, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Then it says this, continue in prayer, watching in the same with thanksgiving. And then Paul makes a prayer request. Paul makes a prayer. I mean, we say, oh, Paul, that great preacher, that thank God, amen, that he never got to a point that he didn't think he needed other people's prayers. Hey, I confess, I'm weak, I'm feeble, <laughs> I can't do it. I need your prayers. I need other people's prayers. I covet other people's prayers. And uh, Paul did as well. With all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. See, Paul didn't rely on his, on, on his education. We know he's a very educated man. Uh, uh, he seems to be a very intellectual man. He was a well-connected man. I mean, he used to work, right, for the high priest and everything. No doubt he had connection. And so no doubt he had great ability because he was chosen before he was saved uh, to do great things on behalf of his, of his country, if you will. But he didn't rely on those natural abilities. Amen? He realized that even he, right, even with all the abilities God gave him, was still dependent upon the power of God and the prayers of the saints, that a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which also I am in bonds. And so that's why it's so important, amen, we, even as we, 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 we take out tracks or we knock on doors or we talk to people, to bathe those opportunities in prayer, to bathe those opportunities in prayer. And so the church was asked to pray that God would open those doors. So we must ask God to open doors of opportunity to get the gospel out to the lost world. We must work hard and be diligent, but it is prayer, amen, that maybe it doesn't open that physical door, but it open the heart, amen, the door of that heart that we seek to be a witness to. Let me finish up with a couple of verses here. Hebrews 12, 2, you know, says this, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That word looking at thought there, looking unto means, means to fix your attention on, to fix your mind upon. And that's what we're to do in prayer, right? Focus our attention and be clearly fixed, right? Clearly fix the mind on Jesus Christ and be completely tuned in when we pray that God desires to hear our prayer and God delights to answer our prayer. Amen. Giving full attention to that opportunity of prayer that we have. You know, we think about the greatest commission right there in Matthew 28. And of course, Jesus said this in verse 18 of Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, of course, when we think about all this power be given to the Lord in heaven and earth, and we think about it in connection with uh, the greatest commission, right? We think about it, oh, yes, that's the power to witness. But I would say this, no doubt this is a great verse for prayer. Amen. Knowing that we go to pray that Jesus Christ, all power has been given unto him in heaven and earth. And that if we pray and we seek him, amen, there's no prayer, amen. There's nothing that he can't do, amen, on our behalf. One of my favorite thoughts is where uh, Elijah is getting ready to take off. Right? Elisha's getting ready to take off, right? Elisha is getting ready to take off, and he says to Elisha, right? You know, he asked him a thing, and he says, what can I do for you before I take off? He says, I want a double portion. And Elisha, representing the master, Elisha, the servant, and what's he say to him? Who remembers what, what does Elijah say to him? Joseph. 
Right. He says, thou hast, I love that. He says, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, amen. <laughs> and so listen, boy, he, he said, don't, don't be afraid to ask hard things to the master. He has all power in heaven and earth. And we as a church, amen, we as a church, as we ask God to, 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 to keep unity in the church and to bring revival to church and to do things, amen, we need to realize we're going to the one and we're going in the name of the one that has all power in heaven and earth. So, boy, if that's a witnessing verse, that is a prayer verse, amen, to claim and think about when you go to pray. It pleases God, right? It pleases God to see his church pray together. It pleases God to see his church focus on him together. It pleases God, amen, to see his church yield to him together, amen, and trust God for answered prayer. So, like the first church, we may be the last church. And if we are, well, it'd be good to see the last church finish like the first church started, right? So, the first, so like the first church, may we today as God's church, if, even if we're not the last church, we're the church for our generation. May we, like we saw here, realize our absolute dependence upon God. May we seek God for laborers in our church through prayer. May we, when we come together, come together as one body in unity and agreement through prayer. And uh, may we, as a body, seek God's protection over our church and its members through prayer. And may we ask God as a church, as we come together in prayer, to increase our faith as a church to increase our vision through prayer. And as, as, as we collectively or even individuals in the churches, they face trials and burdens and heartache, amen, may we as a church seek God on their behalf as we face the great trials. And, when, and you know what? And when it is an individual, we should still say we. Amen? We should still say we because we're one, we're one, we're one body, you know? Hey, listen, uh, uh, the other day my, my, uh, my left arm was hurt for some reason. I, I, I don't know why, but I didn't say, hey, buddy, you're on your own. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say, hey, buddy, you're on your own. Yeah? And he's like, well, remember that next time you need me to grab something, right? No, he didn't say that, right? No, huh? I said, oh, you know, no, listen. I was like, we, you know, and that's how we need to be. He right? says, what, weep with those that weep? Amen. And we're to carry one another's burden. So we need to do that in prayer. So seek God. We need to seek God for opportunities in prayer that God would open those doors. Amen. To get the gospel out, to get the gospel out. So as we think about that thought, just not, not only being individuals, but being a church of prayer. And believe me, it can make, it can make a, a, a difference. It can make a difference. I think about uh, uh, churches that I've been a part of that were known for their prayer and what God did. In, in this age, you know, I'm not talking 2,000 years ago, 200 years ago, in recent time, God moving in a great way. So may God uh, make us a church of prayer.